You're listening to The Patchwork Girl and Friends. I'm Kendra, and I love having interesting conversations with my friends about art, media, life, the universe, and everything. And that is what this podcast is all about. When I started this podcast, I invited a lot of different friends. Most of them I had known for a long time. And today I'm super excited because I have a very new friend on my podcast. Welcome, Diani, to my podcast. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. This is the first podcast I've ever been on. I am so excited. And today we're going to be talking about organizing because Diani is a personal organizer. Can you tell us how kind of how you got into that and why you got into that? Well, it's funny because um, another along the same lines lately, as I've been putting myself out there, a lot of people have also been asking, how long have you been in this? And it's so hard to quantify because I've kind of been doing this for a, a good portion of my teen and young adult life. And it's just a matter of when I started asking for money for it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Uh, I think I grew up in a pretty normal house in the fact that while my family was tidy enough, there were those nooks and crannies in the house that were just, they would eat items for years, for decades on end. I'm sure that you've had something like that happen around your house too. Yes, there's the the closets and the storage bins that (laughs) have legacies uh, in them. (laughs) Yes, it's just so common. And I personally can't think of anyone that doesn't have one little corner in their house like that, at least. But that's how it was at my parents' house as well. We had a basement that was purely storage. We had closets that really needed help. And once I started hitting my teen years is when it all really started to bother me. And so I would go through my own space a few times every year and try my best to purge out what I could, organize as best as I could. And then once I had done a little bit more research, it was around my college years that I started being able to really put some organization systems in place that really would stick a little bit better than what I'd been doing previously. So yeah, I've kind of been doing this since I was a teen, but officially I've been doing this only for about a year or two now. (laughs) And can you tell us about what your theory of organization is? I know there's a lot of TV shows, there's countless books about organizing. What are some of the core values to you that you think really work for you and for other people? My core values are in my business tagline, which is space, function, and harmony. And those are the three things that I like to focus on when I'm looking at a space and trying to decide how to organize it. So the first one is space. And that is the fact that whatever closet or drawers or whatever it is that you're looking at, that space is there. And it is, in most cases, unchangeable, unmovable. And so it's definitely the first thing we have to look at. And a lot of people will try to bend the space to their will when really things go a lot easier if you recognize the 
pros and cons and the capabilities of the space you have and work with the space instead. And so then you've got function, which is once you've understood how your space works and what makes sense in that space, you've got to also make sure that what you're putting in there and the order in which you're putting it is functional and makes sense. For example, a lot of issues I see in pantries is that the most used item is not being put in the easiest to reach shelf. And so that's not functional. And so it's little common sense things that might not pop up into your brain when you're first throwing things together into your pantry or into your closet that I like to focus on when it comes to function. You know, is this easy to reach? Is everything in here easy to see? Is anything in here easy to grow legs and walk away because it doesn't have its own container or might it accidentally get pushed to the back and disappear for a few years? These are things that I like to think about. And function also has a little bit to do with the person because I have had some clients who are very, very busy and the system that works best for them is to pick something out of a bin and then throw it straight back into the bin without looking because they're just so busy. They don't have time to put it right back in its perfect spot. And I have other clients who are very particular who do want those perfect spots. So it also has to do with not only does it function within common sense, but does it function within your brain and how you work? And then comes harmony, which is having it all work together. You know, does it work in the space? Does it work with your brain? Does it work with your family? Does it work with all of the items that you've decided to keep after you've purged? And so it's kind of space and function stringing together with everything else so that everything har harmonizes really well. So space, function, harmony. And that's how I like to go through my organization systems. I love that. I especially like harmony because I feel like that's a, a unique goal with organizing. I mean, all, all organizing is about trying to make our lives better, right? But I like how the harmony is kind of blending how you live and what you're doing with the particular needs. Not only does it have to make sense within organization standards, but it also has to be harmonious with your life and, and everything else. So yeah, you're right. I don't think that pops up very often, but to me, it's extremely important. I love that. I'm curious how you feel about organizational, um, I don't know, boxes and stuff. I know there's, you know, there's the entire stores that have products that are supposed to help you be organized. How do you feel about like buying stuff to help you organize? I personally feel that boxes are key. Now, these boxes don't necessarily have to be purchased. There's pros and cons to purchasing things at a store. The pro is that you can get some very nice uniform boxes and bins in the colors you want or the shapes that you want right away. And the con is that you are spending money. But if you're trying to use bins, but you don't want to go and purchase them and spend all that money, you can absolutely just go with what you have at home because I am also very eco-friendly and so I don't like throwing things away. And so I end up with 
bins from like if you buy spinach at the store in one of those plastic bins and you finish the spinach you have a bin if you buy new shoes and you've got the box you have a bin now and you would be surprised if you save all of the plastic and paper rectangular things that your products come in you would be surprised how quickly you would end up with a good pile of organization bins and then what do you think are some of the main um, barriers between people and living a life that is organized that they they can maintain and is harmonious I think the largest, most prevalent one that I have encountered so far is shame. And shame and guilt are a really large obstacle for most of the clients because a lot of the stuff that is piling up in their home has not found its way to the trash, the recycle, or to Goodwill because they feel bad getting rid of it. They feel bad that perhaps it cost so much money when they purchased it, or perhaps that it was a gift they never used, or that maybe they don't use it anymore, but the emotional significance of the item is really making it hard to get rid of it, even though they don't necessarily want it anymore. And so it's that guilt, that emotional connection that people have to their items that is the hardest. And so I like to talk about, especially with the financial aspect of it, I like to talk about how we could hold on to guilt and let that continue to be an obstacle in our organizing journey, or we can let go of those things with gratitude. And I really like to point out that the monetary value of an item in your home doesn't necessarily match the true value that the item has in your home. And the monetary value is a value that some person who you never knew and will never meet placed onto that item, sometimes arbitrarily, and it doesn't make sense to then use that value to decide whether or not the thing has value in your own life. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. Yes. And so I think that we let these faceless people and corporations who set these prices really start to set our own values and our own decisions on what we get to keep in our house. And so I think once my clients realize that this is what is shackling them when it comes to expensive items that they didn't want to get rid of. I think it really helps them out to realize I am in control of what stays in my home, not whoever put that price tag there or not my friend who so nicely gave this to me. And it really frees my clients. So I think, yes, guilt is definitely one large issue. And I think another issue is the tendency of items to move around and shift. For example, if you had a whole bunch of, let's say, spices in a drawer, and you set them all in this drawer, and you opened and closed that drawer maybe 10 times in succession, you will find that those spices have probably moved around a little bit. And if you think about it, you probably would be opening and closing that drawer maybe 50 times a week, depending on how often you use the spices and depending on how often you cook. 
And so if you take that same drawer of spices and you put those spices in bins that are sectioned off within the drawer and, and that take up the entire drawer so that the bins are not also moving around, now there's no way for those spices to travel anymore. And it's the same with clothing in drawers, clothing in closets, uh, pantries, everything doesn't move around so much once you have it in a bin because now it has its own home and its own place to stay within the shelf or drawer or whatever, wherever it's being kept. So I think a lack of bins is a surprising obstacle that I think people don't think about so much. And I think that is why the bins are such a big thing now when it comes to the container store and it's starting to be, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a multi-million dollar industry now, just containers and organizing bins, because people are starting to realize just how valuable they are in almost any system of organization. Uh, when people organize or want to get started organizing, I'm curious, as a professional, how long do you think it takes? And it's going to be different for different people in different scenarios, but just maybe give me some ideas of how long does it actually take to get from I need I need Diani in my life to help me with this to I'm functioning in my house with harmonious I love this word I'm just going to be using this the whole time <laughs> harmonious organization or or some of the steps cuz I I think we meaning lay people might have unrealistic expectations about what it takes to get organized? As with any learning process, the organization process definitely starts out slow every time. So my first session is usually my slowest session. And that's where actually the least amount gets done because I am building up those skills with the client and showing them what it is that is really going to transform their space. So I'd say you've got your first step, which is the purge. And depending on what you're going through and how many of those items, it could take anywhere from two hours to 10 hours. It really just depends. For example, if you have a pile of papers, those papers are going to take so much longer to get through compared to a pile of shoes. Because the papers take reading, you really got to use your critical thinking to take a look at everything and make sure this isn't an important bill or this isn't an important picture that needs to be staying. Versus if you're going through shoes, it's a lot simpler because you can very quickly try them on to see if they still fit. You can very quickly look them over to make sure that they're still in good condition. And there is the emotional aspect where you'll have to take a moment and consider, do I want this thing? Does it serve me still? But it's still a lot quicker. So it really does depend on the item as well. There's the first step is the purge. So I think with the purge, you also have to be keeping in mind, letting things go with gratitude. And, and you've also got the opportunity to compound your gratitude in the way that you get rid of an item. So I found that clients who are recycling or giving these items to charity feel a lot less guilt because they know that this item that is important to them for, for one reason or another is being reused in some way or some form. But back to your question, how long things take, 
there's the first step is the purge which again anywhere from two to ten hours unfortunately it's just such a a large range that it's hard to say you know so after you have purged out all of your items you would then go and move on to the organizing process. Now, one thing to keep in mind as you're doing this entire process is to go space by space, room by room. For example, I do not consider one bedroom to be one project. I consider the drawers to be one project, the closet to be one project, the office corner to be one project. Because if you try to do the whole bedroom in one day, you will get overwhelmed and nothing will be completed. So, Keeping that in mind with splitting things up into small projects so that it stays very manageable. Moving on from purging to organizing. So with organizing, that's when you bring out your bins. I have such a problem, according to my husband. He, um, every time I bring home new organizing bins, he kind of squints at them and gets a little nervous. And he says, you know, the only reason I haven't actually done a full-on intervention with you about these bins is because you always seem to find something to use them for (laughs) yes because they're just so handy maybe one of these days he'll finally uh switch it up and i'll come home and see him very grim face at the table with a bin on the table tiani it's time that's enough (laughs) but i don't think so he's right i always find a use for them i have them absolutely everywhere but yes this is the part of the process where you bring out your bins and you start categorizing and putting things into your bins and putting making sure that as they sit in your bins that you can see everything so when you open your drawer can you see absolutely everything in one glance if not that means something's probably going to get lost or grow legs and walk away because now it's hiding underneath something and that's how we end up needing to purchase things that we didn't want to uh have to replace too soon you know like oh where'd the windex go who knows because it's hiding behind that large thing in the back of the drawer so we go and buy more windex So yes, that's why we need to make sure we can see absolutely everything when we set it in our bins. And so once the organizing process is over, obviously there's a little bit more to it, but I could go on for hours about different scenarios and and that sort of thing. So I'm just going to move on (laughs) after that very light touch on the organizing section of it and move on to the bow the nice little bow you put on top of it or the icing on the cake, however you would prefer to think about it. That's when you get to decorate or clean up your mess afterwards. Like, have you kicked up a lot of dust that needs to be vacuumed? Or would this new area do nicely with maybe a framed picture somewhere on it or that sort of a thing? Or maybe a nice lamp to light up the new space that now has so much free open surface area. So just those little details can really bring it together and really compound that sense of pride that you have looking at your newly refreshed space. You know, own it and milk it for all it's worth because you deserve it after all of that effort you've put in. So yeah, I would say that's the the three main steps of the process. You know, you've got your purging, 
you've got your organizing and then you've got the bow on top afterwards. I love that. I love how you end with kind of intentionally looking at the space you've cleared out and being what, what new good thing is this going to be? Right. Yeah. I think it's really important to really recognize all of the work that you've put in afterwards because man, is it work. That's why I love to be there alongside my clients and really help them is I, it's really overwhelming to get through that entire process on your own. And so when you come out the other side, I think everyone needs a really good solid pat on the back at the very least, you know, to really recognize all of the effort that you've put into letting go of any physical or emotional baggage that might have been in that space and putting in the effort to think about how to logically organize what's left, you know? So yeah, I do feel like that ending step is especially important because you really need that nice dopamine hit as (laughs) as you look around at your newly refreshed space. And now it's time for random recommendations. So my recommendation is for a specific brand of cleaning supplies. And this brand is called Blue Land. I really like Blue Land because instead of purchasing liquid cleaning supplies in bottles, Blue Land will ship those cleaning supplies to you in a small tablet form. And then you stick the tablet in the bottles, which they supply to, and you add water, the tablet dissolves, and there you have it. You've got your you've got your hand soap or your toilet cleaner or your multi-surface cleaner. They have pretty much everything under the sun. And the reason I like this brand so, so much is because I have about a year's worth of various cleaning and maintenance supplies stored in one singular, I'd say 12 inch by six inch bin in my bathroom closet. And I don't know very many families that can say the same when they're just using their liquid supplies. So yes, for personal organizing and for being able to stock up on your supplies without totally sacrificing so much storage space, I would definitely recommend recommend Blue Land. And the bonus is you're helping the environment too, because that means that since you're not having to have all of that liquid transported, you're saving on gas to get it transported to you and the packaging it comes in is all completely biodegradable. So you're saving your space, saving your time, saving your money and saving the planet. I love it. I remember that you told me that you had a personal organizer before and I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about your experience with personal organizers. Yes, I would love to. So, um, Like many young adults, I was keeping a lot of stuff at my parents' house. And uh, it was just a closet, um, but it was a very, very full, large closet. And at the time, I was living overseas, and I was kind of trying to determine what do I want in my life and what do I want in my life where I'm living and Uh also not 
take up a bunch of, you know, I don't want to take up my parents' closet anymore. So I asked a personal organizer to come and help me with that. And it was a really wonderful experience. Um, I learned a lot about myself. It felt almost like a, a, a mini therapy session um, because I keep objects um, around relationships. And something we discovered while going through the things is I would keep a lot of things and little mementos and stuff Mm. that I didn't even particularly like or want. Uh It it, it meant something to me because of the relationship it was attached to. Uh, Many friends I made when I was working at Walt Disney World were international. And in particular, I remember this one little uh, snow globe. It was a Winnie the Pooh snow globe. It was cute, but, you know, not particularly wonderful. And I had a really huge emotional attachment to it because I had lost contact with the person who gave it to me because um, we had met at a time when China was open to using Facebook and I didn't have her email. I only had her Facebook and then China blocked Facebook and I lost all contact with this girl and for yeah for some reason like the less contact I had with the person like the more attachment I had to the object and so that was a big aha moment for me um and the organizer was help able to help me through some of that of my relationships with people are not represented by things. And if I were to get rid of this kind of cheesy Winnie the Pooh snow globe, that doesn't mean I'm throwing this relationship away. It doesn't, the value is not tied to the thing. And that was kind of big for me. And I was, (laughs) I was able to get rid of a lot of things like that um, to the point where it went from a very full closet to about two, um, oh, what are they? You know, those big rubber tubs. So it was, it's still something, but it's not like it was. And right. uh, it was a very positive experience for me because I had been dreading it because of all the emotional weight that went with it. That's amazing. You must have felt so much lighter after having gone through that process. Yes, it was, it was a huge relief. And I feel like I've already answered my question, but I wanted to ask you, (laughs) some people kind of get hung up on spending money to work with a professional organ. All many books and like YouTube videos and stuff. And I think I I was in this place for a while. You kind of lie to yourself that you can do it yourself. And mm-hmm. I just want you to talk a little bit about what are the benefits of doing this with a professional? What what benefit can you give people in organizing that they can't just get from a book? 
Yeah, that you bring up a very good point because you're right. Especially now, I think COVID onwards, I saw a huge boom in the organizing industry for various reasons. You know, people had a lot more time and people had a lot more time in their spaces to realize what needed to be done. And so you're right, there's so much content out there and it's almost overwhelming. But I think that once you've gone through all the content and once you've tried to apply it to your space, sometimes you still find that it just isn't clicking, you know? And that's okay. Everyone's got their thing and everyone has other places to be spending their uh, very valuable energy and time. And so that's where the professional organizer comes in. The professional organizer not only knows the information that you'll find in all of those YouTube videos and all of those books and such and so, but on top of that, they have put in that time that their clients haven't necessarily been able to provide for themselves. You know what I'm saying? And so there's that is just the the expertise and the in-depth knowledge of what is normally covered very surface level in most content. But on top of it, I think for a lot of people, they just need support. And so, yes, I go in as an expert and I go in to offer my expertise, but I think 50% of what I'm doing is also just supporting because it's like you were saying for you, it was very emotional It was very difficult, and that's not something that is so easy if you're sitting alone in your full closet or your messy garage full of memories, and so that's where the personal organizer is able to come in and be your sounding board for what's happening in your heart and what's happening in your brain as you're going through this, and and then the personal organizer can then offer advice and help just like you experienced. And so I think that might be my favorite part is just being there as an emotional guide and really just being there and working as a team with my clients. So the thing about organizing is it's kind of like going on a diet where the work doesn't necessarily stop once you are completed. Like you, you can't, you can't just, you know, lose the weight you want and then just stay at your ideal weight for the rest of your life. It's, there's always going to be work and maintenance in that. And something I have realized is that whether I buy it or not, stuff will just come into my life because people give you things, you buy things. It's just like, there's always this influx of stuff. And I want to know what are some of the ways you help your clients prepare for that so that they can, or or work with them through it to maintain the harmony? That's definitely one of my biggest concerns when I'm going through a space with a client, I want to be able to help them. And it's as ready and happy as I would be to see them a year later. My goal is that they won't need me ever again. And so, yes, I agree. It's very important to 
be able to maintain those spaces, I think one big thing is a permanent attitude shift towards your things. And so I think you experienced that a little bit once you realized the emotional and relational significance your items had to you. I think it sounded like perhaps that's something that has stuck with you. And so to use you as an example, if my client was going through something similar, that would be what we would talk about is when you have new items come into your space that are like this, we need to think of a system for deciding what truly has value in your space and what is just clutter. And that looks different for every client, for sure. Some clients need different things, but I think the biggest thing is to, it's an attitude shifts towards stuff, really. And it's, you almost have to view the new stuff that comes into your home as a potential hostile invader. And I know that sounds strange, but if you are welcoming every item into your home as a significant, important, valuable item every time, then the clutter will return. And so instead, if you view every new item as a potential invader into your space, it really makes it so that you stop and think about what this thing in this space can do for you. Oh, look, it's a new scented candle. Is this really going to serve me? Maybe yes. Maybe, oh, this is a perfect self-care thing that I've been really needing. Or maybe I have 10 other scented candles. This thing is invading my space. You know what I'm saying? It's putting everything through the ringer in a way to make sure that it really belongs there before you truly welcome it into your home. Wow, I feel like that's a really good way to put it. And also something that we're not really taught. I feel like there's just this, you get something, especially if you're given it, it immediately has value. Because uh, back to that thing you said before, there's like a monetary value oh, I should value this either because of the money or like my problem, the relationship, there's immediately some value on it. And so being really picky about that, kind of radical, but probably one of the best shifts I've ever heard. (laughs) I love that you went back to the monetary value thing because going back to my example with the scented candle, maybe it was a Maybe it was a $50 scented candle from a very nice friend of yours. So you've got, that is an expensive candle and it's expensive emotionally as well because you really like your friend. But if it is one of 10 other candles in the home, the true value of that item potentially could be only one currency what would what would be a good currency here because I've never put it this way before this is a, a new thing that is popping up right now on this podcast the true value perhaps mm, the, mm. the true value of the item so instead yeah. of looking at the monetary value or the emotional value what is the true value like would this candle really serve you or 
perhaps it seems very valuable to you and that means that we need to be getting rid of a candle that you have that has a lower true value you know what I'm saying and so once you really focus on the true value of how this item is going to function in your space it really frees you that's beautiful I just realized we didn't talk about the positive effects that organizing a space has on your brain actually I yeah so for example how did you feel physically after you had gone through all of that baggage physically and emotionally after you'd organized that space that you did I felt like I had more energy that makes a lot of sense and that I think is a really common effect I think Because when you organize, I've noticed that clients will have so much more energy. It really can affect even your sleep, your relationships. And the reason being is your space is you. They say messy room, messy brain, and it's very true. And so once you have organized your space, you're able to save on a lot of time because you're no longer looking around trying to find the thing that you were hoping that maybe you might still have in the home. You save a lot of money because you're not replacing lost items. And so this compounds makes it so you're sleeping better. You feel more comfortable inviting people into your space. So your relationships improve as well. And it's a very large domino effect. And I've seen it happen time and time again. It's it's beautiful, really. And so I think whether or not you're, you're hiring your personal organizer or doing it on your own, I really encourage organization and just as a form of self-care, for sure, because mm. those effects are huge. I love that. Thank you so much, Diani, for giving some real insight into, uh, I don't think there's anyone out there who doesn't struggle with organizing on some level. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's definitely a journey for everyone, including me. And I am so happy that I got to talk to you today about it because I got to really put into words certain thoughts that have been bouncing around my mind for a while so it's really nice to be able to really uh solidify some of those concepts with you and since you are a professional organizer can you tell us about your business how to get in contact with you for people who want a professional and want to work with you what plug plug all the things here (laughs) yes I think the best way to find me is to go to my website, ursaorg.com. So that's U-R-S-A-O-R-G.com. And all of my contact information is there, my portfolio, my frequently asked questions. And so that, I think, is the best place to find me. And what areas do you kind of service? What's kind of a, a range of where you are willing to go? I do home office and technology. So obviously any space within the home, including garage, storage space, all of those. And within your office, if you need help categorizing and organizing inventory or papers or that sort of thing. And with tech, 
I actually, if you've got a hard drive of photos, for example, I'm happy to help sort and organize and help you store them. And just recently, too, I did someone's photos because they needed all of their photos digitized onto a computer. So that ended up being a little bit of home and tech at the same time. That's awesome. And I will have a link to Diani's website in the show notes and give her your business if you are so inclined to get organized. Thank you so much, Diani. It's really fun talking to you. And I'm so glad you're one of my new friends. Thank you, Kendra. I'm so glad we met too. It's a lot of fun talking to you. You have such a talent for listening. Well, thank you. That's, I, I, well, as I say in the beginning of every episode, I really do enjoy having interesting conversations. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to the Patrick Girl and Friends. Make sure to check out the artwork I make for every episode on Instagram and Facebook. You can support the Patrick Girl and Friends by using the Anchor app. And you can also use the Anchor app to send me random quotes and recommendations that I can use in future episodes.